It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, the noise around Damian Lillard and the Toronto Raptors is not quieting down. Reports from all over the place that the Raptors are very much in this thing. And on today's show, I'll lay out the case why they should just very much be all in on making this move. It's all coming up. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, September the 26th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. We're also on YouTube if you want to catch the video. You can find uh, the show on Instagram at Locked on Raptors, putting some reels and stuff up there, trying to be a little bit more, uh, you know, 2023 about the promotion of the show. So you can go over there, find some reels and clips from the show. And uh, of course, the Locked on Raptors Discord is the place to be. The link is in the description of the podcast. We'd love to see you come and hang out there. We've got lots of new faces in there the last couple days. Lots of folks coming in to talk about Damian Lillard. It's very exciting times. And uh, as I've said before, if you want to kind of follow along with my thoughts during games this season, the Discord will be where those thoughts are going. I don't want to put any more stuff on uh, Twitter because it's a bad website that doesn't really work very well. So Discord, place to be. Come hang out. Would love to see you join our little crew. Okay, on today's show, the Dame stuff ain't quieting down, so we're going to talk Dame again. And guess what? We're going to talk Dame again tomorrow with our pal Eric Gunderson, former host of Locked On Blazers over at Blazer Banter now as we continue to uh, keep track of this saga. But 
The latest is that the Raptors are very much in this thing. Reports from Michael Grange, Josh Lewenberg, Mark Spears of ESPN, among others, uh, putting the Raptors very much in the conversations to varying degrees, depending on the reports. But Mark Spears' stuff on ESPN yesterday was pretty interesting, kind of pointing to the Raptors as the leaders in the clubhouse right now, and also pointing out that Dame Lillard would, in fact, show up to Toronto if he were traded there. And, you know, the whole bluster of, oh, I'm not actually going to go there. Hmm, turns out, as kind of I expected all along, just leverage and bluffing to try to get him to the place he wants to go in Miami, uh, which seems like a, a little bit more of a uh, uncertain, like a, not a, certainly not going to happen at this point, I guess is the way I should phrase, unless the Heat kind of, you know, I'm sure they could recircle. But right now, they do not seem like they're in the driver's seat to get Lillard. And so on today's show, I kind of want to just dive into the case for it. We talked a lot about it yesterday, some back and forth with Big V, talking about the potential cost of a trade, uh, the upsides and downsides, etc. But I kind of wanted to lay out a few arguments in favor of why this is something the Raptors should absolutely go about doing, barring some crazy overpay, which again, I don't even think they have enough stuff on hand to really uh, do such an overpay. You, you don't have nine picks to throw at the door like the Wolves did for Rudy Gobert or whoever many picks it was. It's a little bit more you're kind of uh, protected against yourself, I suppose, by the lack of assets they have down the line to go and ship out. But that's besides the point. Let's get into why this is something the Raptors should do. We'll get into why I think it would benefit Scotty Barnes. We'll get into just the value of being good and picking a direction and being a relevant basketball team. But I want to first dive into the statistical case for Dame Lillard to the Raptors. Basically, he's one of the best offensive players in the world and would fix basically every single one of Toronto's biggest problems. This is an offense league, you know, like it or not. Obviously, you have to be a good defensive team still to win at the highest level, but we're seeing more and more, uh, and Zach Lowe was actually talking about this on his most recent episode of the Low Post last week, kind of digging into the fact that offense is kind of now more of a determining factor of team success as a whole than defense. And that makes sense, right? We live in the modern NBA where the just the power of three-point efficiency, the math is hard to overcome, not to mention the defensive rules and everything that's in place to benefit offensive players and make it hard for defenders. It stands to reason that offense would be the thing that's going to drive team success. And what have the Raptors not been good at the last couple seasons? Seasons? Seasons. I said that weird. Uh, offense. They've not been good at offense at all. They have been a bottom five half-court offense team per clean the glass for the last two seasons. This is no surprise to anybody. They are, uh, you know, stodgy and isolation-heavy, mismatch-pounding, and not very good at any of it. Not good at isolation. Not good at pounding those mismatches. Not good at running pick-and-roll offense. They had some success after bringing in Jakob Pertl last season, but that was fleeting. That was for 26 games, and overall, the half-court offense was a grim scene last year. Damian Lillard is a walking top 10 offense. Just walking in the door, he makes your team into a top 10 level half-court offense. Let's just go back through the years of Dame's career and where the Blazers have ranked in half-court offense per clean the glass since he came into the league. You go back all the way to 2013, they were 12th when he was a rookie. 
2014, they were sixth when he was in his second season. 2015, the Blazers were seventh in half-court offense. 2016, ninth in half-court offense. 2017, 11th, bit of a drop. 2018, 13th, that's the lowest they've been in a season in which Dame has been healthy in his entire career, still in the upper half of the league. Then you go to 2019, they were fifth. They went to the conference finals that season, as you recall. Uh, back in 2020, they were fifth as well. 2021, seventh. And then the one season where they don't finish in the top 13 is the one where he played 29 games and missed most of the year back in 2022, where they finished 25th. And then he comes back next season, last year, that is, and they finish eighth in half-court offense. And that Blazers team was bad. If you recall, not a good team at all. And yet Dame Lillard led that team to great offensive success. In three of his last four seasons, Dame Lillard has carried a usage rate over 30% with a true shooting percentage north of 60%. That's insane. The league average true shooting percentage is like 58%, and Dame's usage is significantly above league average, one of the highest usage rates in the NBA, and yet he came in last year with a 64.5 true shooting percentage. Shout out to our pal Ben Chapman in the Locked On Raptors Discord, who made the very salient point that there's a real argument that last year, Dame was the second best offensive player in the world behind Nikola Jokic, who was like an alien on his own tier. That's how good we're talking here when it comes to Dame's offense. He shot 67% at the rim last season on twice the at-rim volume of Fred Van Vliet, who we know, not a very good rim uh, scorer, rim pressure guy. Like, Dame brings legitimate rim pressure to a team that badly needs rim pressure. He also uh, is like annually a seven or eight assist guy. There's this notion out there that I've seen kind of thrown around that he's like a ball hog. This is not true. He's just like an excellent, excellent point guard with a ton of offensive chops to keep defenses on their heels, and he can burn you with playmaking or just by scoring on his own. And like just going into some of the play data as well, it just the picture is painted of one of the single best offensive players in basketball. And again, someone who would address every single one of Toronto's biggest offensive problems. Last season, as a pick-and-roll ball handler, he scored 1.13 points per possession, tied for second-best among the top 50 players in pick-and-roll ball handler volume. And that player he was tied behind was Steph Curry, who scored 1.14 points per possession. He was tied with Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell at 1.13. This is elite, elite company, guys who drive good offensive performance on good teams time time and time again, year in, you're out and you like you thought like the Fred Yak pick and roll was good. A Dame Yak pick and roll will blow that out of the water just because of what Dame brings to the table. We'll get into even more of that in the next segment once we dig into Scotty Barnes. Some more stats for you, huh? He ranked fourth among the 50 most frequent isolation players last year at 1.17 points per possession. That is a crazy, crazy number to score in isolation, especially as a six foot two guard who's not going to go and bludgeon bigger wings who are defending him. He just gets by them and scores or pulls up and scores. He's just an all encompassing offensive player. The players he finished behind last season in isolation scoring were Kevin Durant, who scored like 1.46 point per possession. is ridiculous. Kyrie Irving, who was just a smidge ahead of him. And funnily enough, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was just ahead of him as well. Um, Toronto had exactly one player last year break one point per possession in isolation. That was Pascal, who averaged exactly one point per possession in isolation. 
Scotty Barnes, 0.81 points per possession. OG, an awful 0.60 points per possession. Gary Trent Jr., 0.77. Fred Van Vliet, 0.88. He's just in a different stratosphere than any player the Raptors have had on offense. This side of Kawhi Leonard and like maybe, maybe, maybe peak, peak, peak Kyle Lowry in like 2016-17 before he got hurt. That's the company we're talking about here. That's how good Dame is on offense. And one last stat I want to throw out there as well. His true shooting points above average last year. So Basketball Reference has this stat where it measures based on all your true shooting attempts, you know, threes, twos, free throws, uh, you know, your combined true shooting points added above an average player based on the average true shooting percentage. As we talked about, 64.5% was Dame Lillard's true shooting percentage this past season. Just astronomically good. Uh, last season... He was good for 183.2 true shooting points above average last year. That is crazy. It's a really good number, especially when you compare it to the best players on the Raptors. The single best player on the Raptors in terms of true shooting points added above average was Jakob Pertl, who played 27 games with the team, 26 games, whatever it was and had 36.8 true shooting points added above average. The only Toronto Raptors player with double-digit points added above average. Scotty Barnes was a minus 127.9 points added per, or true shooting points added uh, compared to average last season. Fred Van Vliet was a minus 102.5. We're talking 200, 300 plus points difference in terms of true shooting points added with Damian Lillard compared to those players on the Raptors. He's ridiculous. And for me, in an NBA where offense is first and the Raptors have been notably awful at it, where it's been a drag to watch them play offense for two seasons now, even when they were good back in 21-22, the offense wasn't pretty. They just got it done in transition and, and you know gimmick ball and possession ball and all that stuff. Like, Dame Lillard makes it so you don't have to play gimmick possession ball. He just lets you go out, run offense, and he's going to carry you by himself to a top 10 level offense. And that is the first step in becoming a really good team. If you want to be a really good team, be top 10 in both offense and defense. We'll talk about the defense, I'm sure, as we go forward here. That is one thing Dame doesn't really drive is defensive performance. But guess what? The Raptors have pieces in place that can help do that. But when you have a top 10 offense, it gets a lot easier to bring everything else up because you have that squared and taken squared away and taken care of. And Dame is that good. That is the statistical case for making a move here for Dame Lillard, for swapping out OG Ananobi and pieces for Dame, for even trading Scotty Barnes for Dame, which I don't think is going to happen. And frankly, it's not my preferred avenue for this trade. Uh, we'll get into Scotty Barnes in a sec, but... The statistical case for Damian Lillard, like, I feel like he's being underrated almost in this conversation as people are worried about, oh, no, it's not the right guy at the right time or he's 33 or whatever. Like, no, Dame is one of the best offensive players in the world and has been that for over a decade. He would fix so much of what's wrong in this Raptors team. That's reason number one that the Raptors should be very much all in on making this happen. We'll come up on the other side and get into why I think Dame's arrival in Toronto would actually be a very good thing for Scotty Barnes. And we'll dive into why that is in just a sec. 
Before that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. You got to go check them out because right now is a perfect time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's, the app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And right now, even if you're not a football fan, I'm certainly not, but you know, there's all sorts of lines and odds on there for the upcoming NBA season as well. And right now, FanDuel has the Toronto Raptors as plus 4,200, uh, like that's their odds to win the Eastern Conference. If they get Dame Lillard, that's going to shoot right up. You might want to get in on that right now while the getting's good. If you want to go and get a little side action on the Toronto Raptors doing big things, if they go and get very good offensive player, Damian Lillard. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Once again, off the top, uh, before we dive into Scotty Barnes and how Dame could affect him, uh, just a reminder, tomorrow, Eric Gunderson from Blazer Banter is going to be on the show. We'll get the Blazers side of things from this whole, uh, you know, the, the whole ongoing saga, which hopefully is going to come to some sort of conclusion this week. If not, we'll have to dip further into our well of good Blazers people to bring on the show. But for now, Eric will be on on Wednesday. Looking forward to that very much. Uh, all right. Scotty Barnes, of course, this season, you know, prior to the Dame stuff resurfacing, it felt as though the Raptors were going to lean in to Scotty Barnes, point forward, point guard, whatever. He's going to have the ball in his hands a ton, and it's going to be great. Uh, that's at least what the team would have you believe. I have been pretty notably skeptical on this show throughout the course of the offseason about the idea of just handing Scotty Barnes the keys as the point guard. I, I think as it stands right now, it's their best option, considering uh, I don't think Dennis Schroeder starting in a lineup that features exactly one credible three-point shooter is really what you want to be doing, considering Schroeder himself is not much of a shooter. And I think you just want to lean into the development and say, hey, you know what? If we're going to do this, do it right and just have Scotty take his lumps, go through the ups and downs and the challenges of being a lead man and see where that falls by the end of the season and you know, get some information, if nothing else. That to me, was the best course of action, even though it was an imperfect one that was probably going to lead to all sorts of pain. Now, with Damian Lillard potentially a real option for the Raptors, I think I see a more fruitful future for Scotty Barnes if they can make this happen. Look, I just, I don't think thrusting Scotty into the point guard duty this season with this level of spacing that the roster currently has, the lack of shooting and creation the lack of obvious fit, the strange overlaps of skills, and just the, the, the cramped nature of what this team's going to be, I don't think that's the best thing for Scotty long-term. I just don't. Like, he has a lot of good things that he does right now. 
almost none of them outside of the very good passing are point guard things. He has been at his best as either like a wing bully type guy who can make those bully drives and score or as a small ball five in particular where he's able to use his you know passing vision, his ability to kind of chew up space and score over bigger players to great effect. That has been where Scotty's been at his best. And guess what? If you get Dame Lillard in town, that becomes a way you can continue to funnel Scotty's development as well, while also sprinkling in plenty of opportunity for him to have the ball in his hands, whether it's running the second unit, whether it's working with Dame off the ball and working as sort of a heliocentric get downhill and sort of spray out passes type of guy. Like that is a thing that they can do if Dame's on the team. There's just more diversity in the way you can deploy Scotty. And my whole thing with Scotty all along is why does he have to be one thing? Why does he have to be just a point guard? Why does he have to be like a power forward type? The dude is, as Masai Ujiri has said, a future basketball player. He does a lot of interesting things at a lot of different spots on the floor. And bringing in a guy like Dame Lillard to take up the mantle of creation for the majority of possessions, to set guys up in positions to succeed, I think that would benefit Scotty big time. And I'm just thinking about, you know, I talked about the potential of like a Dame Yak pick and roll, which would be totally awesome and probably very, very good for Yak's field goal percentage. He might shoot like 80% from the field uh, working with Dame. Like it would be awesome. Easily the best point guard he'll have played with. And he played with Kyle Lowry. That's like, you know, make, makes me sick to say, oh, someone's better than Kyle. But like Dame's better than Kyle. I don't know what to say. It's just the truth. It, look at the numbers. It's un undeniable. You know. Having Scotty Barnes work as like a short roll guy with Dame Lillard, like think of the success that could be had there, right? You know, you stick Yak in the dunker spot or you have Yak on the bench for these smaller looks and Scott is your small ball five. Teams are going to load up to stop Dame because he has that incredible pull-up threat. Last season, he shot 37% on 7.4 pull-up attempts per game. That's like, again, back to the numbers off the top ridiculous this is he's a ridiculous offensive player who completely warps the way a defense has to think about guarding a team that he plays for and the benefactor of that would be scotty barnes would be pascal siakam would be Jakob purtle these great passers who have you know way more passing chops than dudes their size and their position should ever have you can almost weaponize those even more if Dame is the guy starting these possessions out and causing the defense to scramble, having to send two to the ball, having to hedge high, leaving that space in the middle of the floor open for a Scotty, for a Pascal, for a Yak to make things happen. You get cuts, you get all this stuff flowing off the ball, and it's all because of Dame's gravity as a player. I think that in the long run benefits Scotty because it puts him in positions to succeed, puts him in spots where he's actually good and has had a track record of success. I think, you know, the other beautiful thing about this too, right, is over time, Dame doesn't have to be like everything all the time as an offensive creator. He's 33 right now. If you trade for him and you have four years left on his deal and you last those four years, by the time he's 35, 36, Dame is not going to be someone who you want running every possession down the floor. But guess what? You have Scotty Barnes, who is right now 22 years old, and in those two or three years' time, probably has developed more of a handle, more of a pull-up game, more of an, an overall sort of offensive repertoire. So he can kind of ease in to that lead dog role where you have Pascal and Dame now working off of him. Like, this is sort of, like, it's, it's a strange timeline to have a 22-year-old with a couple of guys who are 29 and 33, respectively. Like, I get it. It's unorthodox, but... There's absolutely a pathway here where the more conducive 
development environment that Scotty will exist within being one of the three big dogs on this team if Dame's on the roster eventually allows him to kind of ease into you know Scotty and Dame almost like leapfrog him and sort of gradually slingshot him into that role as the number one guy and it's not premature it's not forced in year three with a roster around him that doesn't make much sense and isn't going to give him the canvas upon which he can really you know exert all of his developmental potential it's just this is, I think, a no-brainer as far as making things better for Scotty in the long run as well to have a guy of Dame's stature on the team. Now, look, Scotty notably bristled at the whole Fred Van Vliet's the leader of the team thing last year. We know this. This is out there. You would hope that a seven-time All-NBA player who was one of the top 75 players of all time, you know, you can argue with that, whatever, with Dame, but listed on the NBA 75, you would hope that maybe Scotty looks around and says, you know what, there's a chance to do something pretty cool here. And working off of Damon Pascal as like an agent of connection, as an agent of scoring, as an agent of playmaking, like that's that's a pretty appealing lane for me to kind of fill here for the next couple of years as I ascend into whatever I'm going to become. Like think about a lot of the best players in the NBA. Think about like Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know, all these types of guys who are now ascending into stardom they're in like year six year seven year eight by the time they really kind of hit their full-fledged potential and i think it's a lot to say scotty barnes you got to do this now you got to figure this out right now all the while we have these massive contract implications hanging over the team and everything like that all this pressure that's going to be on the raptors to perform you know the pick being out the door all of this getting dame alleviates a lot of that pressure both for the franchise and for scotty and i think long term Dame and Siakam as like co-stars for Scotty as Scotty ascends to whatever we hope he can become in a more reasonable timeline, I think is a pretty compelling argument for wanting to go pick up Dame right now and get that process started of those three guys kind of growing and congealing together. It's not going to be perfect from day one, but as I'll get into in the next segment, it doesn't have to be perfect from day one. You know, start with something that gets you the 32, 5, and 7 on 64% true shooting guy in the door and figure it out from there. We'll come back in just a sec, close things out with a look at uh, the reasons to just do it, man. Like, it's just, this is just going to be more sort of like from the heart, less statistical based. Just like, come on, just, just make like Nike and just do it. We'll do that in just a sec. Before that, just a heads up, uh, you'll hear more of me if you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan. So uh, starting tomorrow on Wednesday, myself and Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs will be stepping in to host Locked On Blue Jays for the remainder of the regular season and the playoffs. The show currently doesn't have a host right now. We wanted to get something out there with a host or hosts for the remainder of the season. And if you're a Jays fan, you'll be able to check me out on Locked On Blue Jays starting on Wednesday with Mike DiStefano, and that will take us through the end of the playoffs. So uh, more me. Isn't that very exciting, Toronto sports fans? How, how thrilling is that? I hope it's thrilling, or uh, maybe it's awful. One way or another, Locked on Blue Jays. Go subscribe, follow, rate, review. We'll be there on a Wednesday morning for you to check out and uh, keep up with the final week of the season and the playoffs. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. The 
file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, let's close this thing out now with uh, just sort of, again, more sort of reasons from the heart why I think the Raptors should be doing this. You know, I think, you know, I, I think like everybody, I was starting to talk myself at least into this version of the Raptors as currently constructed being, if nothing else, like interesting to watch this year. I don't know if fun is quite on the table or even like, I don't think goods on the table necessarily, like adequate, certainly interesting, sometimes fun. You know, the highs would be pretty high with Scotty Barnes kind of getting to flex his muscles and go through the ups and downs of learning being the lead dog. You know, I was talking myself into that, but now that I've sort of tasted the idea of Dame Lillard on this team and looked at the numbers, looked at the offensive impact, everything, keep in mind, Dame was a positive player last year on the, on the Blazers who were bad. Like they were a plus three points per 100 possessions with Dame on the floor, despite being one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like, he's that good. He's really, really excellent. Anyway, not I said this wasn't going to be stats. You know, after thinking about the sort of mental exercise of Dame on the Raptors, I don't want to go back to this, like, weird, clunky, misshapen roster idea. I just don't. And I think... It would be pretty disappointing if this doesn't go down at this point. Maybe that's on me for talking myself into it and getting too excited for a thing that is totally up in the air and may not happen. Probably won't happen if we're being totally honest. It's probably like less than 50% that it happens just because that's the nature of trades. But I do think it's real. I do think there's a very real chance here. And I think because of the strange crossroads the franchise finds itself at with two massively important pending UFAs, with a roster that is weird and misshapen, with a pick being owed out the door... I think a move right now for Dame stops the kicking of the can down the road. And look, I have been like pro kick the can down the road for a while. I am usually like a pretty like patient person when it comes to team building. I think letting things play out, letting things build is usually the way to go. I kind of think with the way the Raptors sit right now, though, at risk of another season where contract questions hang over the team like this weird funk uh, like that like happened last year. When you have, again, like Scotty Barnes, he's in year three. You can't mess around with this, man. And you can't have a roster that doesn't make sense around him. And I just don't think this roster makes a lot of sense around him with how little shooting and creation there is. It, you know, making the move now stops the kicking of the can down the road. And I think at some point, you kick the can down the road far enough, you're going to fall into like a sinkhole in and into the depths and you're never going to be able to crawl yourself out. Like at some point... You have to make a decision. You have to declare a direction. And after a lot of patience, a lot of waiting, a lot of kicking the can down the road, now feels like the time for that decision for this Raptors front office. You know, it states a direction. It says, you know what? We're going on talent here. We're going on Pascal and Scotty as the two cores of this, uh, the, the two pillar guys of our current pillars of guys. And we're adding Damian Lillard, a brand new pillar who complements them quite nicely and offers things that they do not offer. This is the direction. We are going all in on talent. We are trying to be good and relevant right now. It brings fun back to the Toronto Raptors. The last two, two of the three last seasons have been a nightmare. Just a total drag to watch. Dame would make this so this would be as fun a Raptors season as you can recall. Will it be 2019-20 fun? Nothing will ever be that fun. That was the greatest season of all time. But uh, certainly 
could certainly tap into the the heights that you got during the peak of the Lowry DeRozan era and all this stuff. I know there was like a take flying out there from like the radio um, yesterday that, oh, well, getting Damon Pascal only puts you where Kyle and DeMar were as far as stature in the league. That sounds great. Like, that was awesome. That's the most fun I've ever had watching basketball was the peak of the Kyle DeMar era. You don't have to win a championship for everything to be worth it and for things to pay off and feel like a success. If you reach like multi years of success, like multiple years of success, the heights of which that Lowry and DeRozan reached with Pascal and Lillard, hell yeah. And I also think Pascal plus Dame is just a better overall pairing than Kyle plus DeMar. Like Pascal's a better player than DeMar was in Toronto. And Dame is just like another tier of offensive star over Kyle. Kyle brings the intangibles, the defense. Obviously, I don't think it's quite as massive a you know a drop off as the Pascal Demar gap is. But like what Pascal is right now is better than whatever Demar was at any point on the Raptors. Demar is amazing. He's gone on to great things with the Spurs and Bulls. Rounded at his game, added playmaking on a level that I never thought was possible. He's incredible. But what Pascal is right now in Toronto is a better player than Demar ever was in Toronto. And pairing him with Dame sets you up to, at the very least, have a few years of a lot of fun. And there is a lot to be said of having a few years of a lot of fun, even if it doesn't lead to a championship, signed the Grit and Grind Grizzlies, or any number of other teams that we love and associate good times with that never ended up winning the title. The Kyle DeMar Raptors being a great example. It also does make them a threat to win the East. Like, I think that's being underplayed as well. The Eastern Conference obviously is ruled right now by Milwaukee and Boston, and to a lesser extent, Philly. All three of those teams have questions. Boston just brought in Chris Stapps Porzingis, traded away a guy who made the entire city of Boston cry upon his departure, and Marcus Smart. Uh, like, that's going to be a different mix there this year. They have less playmaking somehow than they had before, and that was always their limiting factor. And they have three bigs who are either old or injured or both at basically any time. And so... That's not a perfect team. The Bucks obviously have this Giannis thing hanging over them. They're old. They're getting creaky. I still think they should be the favorites in the East this year, but they're by no means a guarantee. They just lost in the first round, for Christ's sake. And I think you look elsewhere in the East, like the Cavs, they're good for sure. I think they're interesting. Do I think they're like playoff worthy? It's hard to say when you have two small guards and two bigs who can't shoot. It's a weird mix on that roster. They're very good, though, and they have a shot at winning the East. I don't think anyone in Cleveland would complain about the the Donovan Mitchell trade, even if no one views the Cavs as a clear title contender. That was a great trade for them. They, they look awesome. They're fun to watch. They're having a good time. They're laying down fun memories for their fan base. That is part of it all. The Raptors right now... You know, considering the the issues of the the top teams in the Eastern Conference, if they were to add Dame, there's a thousand percent a chance they could win the Eastern Conference. Is it a one thousand percent chance they do it? No, it's probably like a fifteen percent chance. But if that is your level of opportunity to win the conference, if you can win the conference, you can win the NBA Finals. That's just that's the contender tier, especially in today's NBA where things are more wide open than ever. Maybe Denver is just a super team that we sleep on because Jokic is like three players in one. Um, maybe they'll just win the next five titles. You can't compete with that. You can't build your team with the fear of that perfect team lingering out there. Because frankly, building a perfect team is more or less impossible. It's just, it's not all that feasible. And while I understand the argument against making a Dame trade right now, the idea that, you know, it's not the right time, the deal is going to put them in a spot where they're not a clear-cut title contender and they won't have a ton of stuff to go and make further trades to supplement the roster, I get all that. That doesn't need to be the bar to clear, though. Like, we can't, we got to stop with 
Team X becomes a contender has to be the bar to clear to make a trade. That's just, that's not A, fun, or B, all that realistic in a league where one team wins every year. At any given time, there are maybe five players in the world and five teams who have those players who can actually just like make you an instant contender just by existing and playing basketball. Over the course of NBA history, there are fewer of those guys than there are franchises in the NBA. The odds you're going to build a perfect team or find one of those, you know, title landscape altering players who on their own can shift the title odds just by being on the floor are astronomically slim. And so if you have a chance to get a player in Damian Lillard who would set you up with one of the best duos in the Eastern Conference in Lillard and Siakam, not to mention like a super fun one to watch who mix, you know, blend together really well skill set wise. You have Scotty Barnes, theoretically, if he doesn't get included in a trade. Like, that to me is more than enough justification to make this move, even if it is OG plus Grady Dick plus two first round picks. Like, I'm sorry, but basketball at the end of the day comes down to are the players you have on your team better than the other players on the other team more often than not? And Dame Lillard is better than most players and is certainly better than all of the players on the Raptors right now. And so while I understand the trepidation that this doesn't make them a surefire title contender, guess what? That's rarely going to be the case with just one trade. Even the Kawhi Leonard trade. Like, we can go back. They were not the Raptors in 2018-19 projected to win the championship by many or anybody, right? Like, they were projected somewhere between second and fourth in the Eastern Conference. There was plenty of questions. They had to make another trade in season to complete the championship puzzle of that roster. That was not a finished product by any means, and they went and still did it with all the risk that came with Kawhi being on an expiring deal. I know the Dame, you know, wanted to be a Miami thing is a thing out there, but like I just don't think that's near the level of risk of having the player you just traded for walk for nothing. Yes, you're giving up more for Dame probably than you gave up for Kawhi just in a value va vacuum or whatever, but for me, if you're building a team that's good with like a real chance to compete for conference titles, that should be the bar that you're aiming for. And I think this just clearly is a deal that does that for the Raptors. So I don't know. I, I, I just, he feels like it's worth it. And as much as it hurts to move on from an OG or a Grady Dick or whomever, Dame is better than those guys. And he will instantly fix so many of the problems this team has had over the last couple of seasons. He's worth it. The Raptors should just pony up and do what it's going to take. It's not going to take a, a King's Ransom, it doesn't sound like, considering what the Heat have on offer. Just pony it up. Do it. Get Dame on the team. And I think everyone's going to be very happy with the results if that takes place. We'll finish up there. Thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, please subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Of course, Locked on Blue Jays tomorrow. You'll be hearing from me as well. So go subscribe over there as we will. It's like a pod podcast pop-up, if you will, for like 10 days doing, uh, hopefully longer than that, if the Jays go deeper in the playoffs. Maybe they will. They look pretty good right now. Um, but either way, Locked on Blue Jays, Locked on Raptors. Follow, subscribe, rate, review for free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We are also on Discord. Come hang out in our Locked on Raptors Discord server. There's a Blue Jays chat in there as well, so we can just multitask in there. What a wonderful place um, and lots of Dame talk going on in there right now as well. And uh, that's about it. Follow the show on Instagram, follow it on Twitter, follow me at Woodley Sean, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk to you again tomorrow with Eric Gunderson from Blazer Banter. Till then, thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.